This is the Tribune Audio Network. Hi. Hi. <laughs> it is Thursday. But for you guys, it is Tuesday. <laughs> do you like? Do you guys love it when we sing to you? Because of course they do. We're, I mean, obviously we're like almost professional singers. Uh-uh. I mean, so. I tried out for choir and didn't make it. <laughs> so there's that. Just regular choir you had to try out for in fifth grade. Yeah. Oh my god, what? They really just wanted to help you deal with rejection. Rejection at a young age in Minerva. Oh, when I was uh, in fifth grade, I got to sing a solo in the choir. Oh, of course. Yeah, you did. And it was uh, in the Christmas carol concert. That's all I ever wanted was to sing a solo solo in a choir concert. And it was a tapata-pata-pan. And I still remember the fucking words to it. Tapata-pata-pan. Tapata-pata-pan, shululay, fife and drum together play on this joyous holiday. And there goes all of our listeners. <laughs> Goodbye. Just so, kidding. I'm so sorry. Well, you're listening to Sip. Survive. And repeat. That was backwards. That's weird. I'm Jenny. I'm Danelle. I almost said I'm Kenny. I'm Danelle. <laughs> and I'm, I'm Kenny. Kenny. <laughs> Woo. Woo. So uh, we tell you survival stories every week, and we also like to drink adult beverages. Yes, we do. Um, so this week we are switching it up because um, Kenny has some beer here that he's letting me try. So, Kenny, tell me what this beer is. Uh, it's a double IPA from Latitude 42. It's called Party at the Moon Tower. Mm, have you had this before? I have. It's very good. I All like right. it. So we're going to crack. can. Yeah, it's, it's like a tall, skinny can. It reminds me a little bit of White Claw. And it looks Did a little, you hear that, everyone? It looks okay. a little George Jetson-y on it. Yeah, it's futuristic looking. Futuristic. Cool little design on the can. I hope that was really good. Um, what's that called when people... Uh, ASMR? Yeah, was it was it good ASMR oh, for wait, you? Wait, I'll pour the can like right now. Oh, yeah, do it. That's amazing. That's gonna sound amazing. Okay, wait. Now I want. In try. my headphones, it sounded like someone peeing a little bit. Jenny's pouring skills are hilarious. <laughs> I'm shaking. I'm so nervous. It's so weird pouring it like by your chin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, the head on that's like five inches. Excuse me. It's okay. I feel like this is just some heady beer. Look, is there any left in this? Yeah. I'll try a little sipper. Oh my god. All right, so we're drinking this beer. Uh, we have a couple wines stacked up for when Danelle is not doing dry January. So the, we'll that's we good. Two. We'll two. Happy. Yeah, we're going to do Kenny's mom's wine that she got me that's first. A Cabernet. Yeah. And then the next one we have is an oak-aged Merlot. And then we have Becky, my mother-in-law's <gasps> homemade blueberry wine that she oh, made yeah. us. I Are need gonna, to bring that. Do we want to save that, though, for when it gets warmer? We can, yeah. I think we talked about that. Did but we talk about I that? I have the peach wine from my babysitter and her yeah. mom. Oh my God, all the wine in the world. So many wines. If you guys want to send us wine, do it. Slide ah. into our DMs. We'll tell you where to send it. Okay, yeah, let's <laughs> do the blueberry and the peach with like the spring and summer. Yeah, like as it warms up. Yeah. Because okay. I feel like a little chilled. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Um, so the coronavirus, have you heard the updates? Mm, I watched a little bit on the news and it's a little terrifying. There's a United States case. There is. There's one that I've heard of. Is there yeah, more of you Washington. heard of? Only one that I've heard of. Yeah, the one I heard of was in Washington. <sighs> yeah. So, but I heard he's doing well. I heard he's he's okay. Oh, is that? Oh, I have no idea, honestly. Uh, I'm pretty sure I read a story that said he's totally stable. Oh my gosh. But I, last I saw in China, nine people have died. Uh, it is now uh, the one I just saw on New York Post, 17 or 18, <gasps> and over 600 people infected. Wow. 
and they still don't know where it's from. So or... they do. This is oh. some, so they believe <laughs> it came from a, a Chinese market that sold live animals, including wolf pups, foxes, rats, and peacocks to eat. Well, that's what you get. They also sold crocodiles, giant salamanders, snakes, porcupines, and camel meat. But the main part of this market was a seafood market, and so they think the seafood got infected from the live animals that they had stored in there. That's their hypothesis. I'm just going to jump. Hold on. I'm not saying anybody deserves this virus, but I'm just saying China really needs to upgrade their human rights not human rights, animal, animal rights, rights um, laws, and their meat markets are disgusting. And that's what happens when you eat animals that shouldn't be eaten. Right. You're going to get some shit. You're going to get some stuff. Like, quit eating wolf pups. Wolf pups? Wolf pups. Why would you do that? Why? That's a little weird. Yeah. I get it if you're in a survival situation and you have to do it. But Fine. But yeah, no, not China. just every day. Stop. Are you China. telling me to stop? I didn't do it. No, I said China, stop. Oh, I thought you said Jenny, stop. I'm no, like, I didn't do China, it. China, quit. Anyway, I hope those people are okay and they figure out what's, you know, what's up, how yeah. to fix it. But now, so now, even though it came from maybe like this animal meat situation, they... It's transferring it's trans- now human to human contact. Great. Via like saliva and stuff? Like Ebola I style? I don't know. I, all they said was human to human contact. So okay. I don't know if it's like touching, breathing, <sighs> liquids. What's that called? Gleeking? Gleeking, what Jenny does. Which Jenny, loves Jenny will to do in your drink. I can't. I'm sorry. I can't help it. Um, I've been taking Zycam, uh, which is, I don't know if any of you guys believe in that stuff, but mm-hmm. like it's like the zinc lozenges that were big back in the day, but now you can take them in all different formats. You squirt it up your nose, right? Well, well I got the gum. I got gummies. Yeah, which looked. I went in Jenny's office the other day, and they were sitting on her desk, and I was like, "These look like little snacks. I want one just to eat." <laughs> Funny one story. Nice and gummy. <laughs> Our boss <laughs> was in my office yesterday, and he goes, "Oh, can I have one of these?" I'm like. Well, they're medicated elderberry Zycam gummies, but sure. Do you feel like you're getting sick? And he's like, no, I'm just hungry. Pops it in his mouth and he's like, this is disgusting. Ah. I'm like, he's like, I feel like I'm eating Vicks. I'm like, well, I just said it's medicated gummies. <laughs> like, yes, it's, it has a fruit flavor, but there's also a menthol situation going on yeah. in there. So hilarious. I take a, um, a gummy multivitamin oh, those and are good. they're so good. Mm-hmm. And it's like the organic kind where it's like, there is sugar in it, but it's not, it's all like cane sugar. There's a little bit of cane sugar and then there's like beet sugar and which I know is not great for you, but whatever. I enjoy taking my gummies every day now. I was I taking gummies for a while, but then I had to stop because of all my stomach issues. Mm, yeah. But the Zycam seems to be fine. Good. The gummies. So, and it has elderberry, which is all the rage. Yeah, it is. If you guys know rage. anything about elderberry? It's like a thing. I don't Get know on much it. About it. All these healthy people, like that love and it. collagen. I've been hearing a lot about collagen, like, like putting collagen in your like, drinks and food and oh i've only heard about injecting them into your lips no it's like or no yeah no collagen it's like a thing yeah Yeah, collagen like like a powder you interesting yeah Hmm. i don't know if i like that Mm, no (coughs) i wonder if i'm saying the wrong word now that you're now that you seem very confused and i'm wondering if i'm saying the wrong thing which is very likely it's fine i like it i'll google it see if i see anything thanks kenny are we ready to tell some stories? We're ready. Okay. Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? Uh, Kenny, who should go first? Uh, let's go Jenny this All right. week. <laughs> and this beer is really good. Yeah. yeah. It's a tasty it's a little, little treat. Sipper. I mean, I look up collagen and I put in, the first thing is coffee, food, so jello. Yeah, yeah it sounds okay. like they're putting collagen in shit. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's a, it's Yikes. the rage. It's at Costco. It's a protein people. supplement. All yeah. the rage. All right, helps so, your skin and joint health. Yeah. Sorry, um, I'm not like a spokesperson for big collagen. <laughs> but if you want to sponsor us, Kenny would be glad to do that. We take money. Um, okay, so I got the big portion of this from um, an article on New Scientist. Okay. So um, you can just call me New Scientist because now I'm basically a scientist. Yeah. Um, the title of this is Man with Tiny Brain Shocks Doctors. Oh. <laughs> um, so they don't give his name, and I don't know if that's like on purpose. And my, why is my computer scrolling? I'm so confused right now. Hold on. Okay, I got it. I got it. All right. But I do know he's 44 years old. Okay. And um, he came in because he was having um, numbness or pain. Numbness or pain in his left leg, and he couldn't figure out what was going on. So he came in um, to see what was going on. Um, And let's see. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. He had mild weakness in his left leg. And the doctor, this is in France. Okay. Fouillette. Fouillette. Uh, took his medical history, and during the medical history, they found out that as an infant, he had had a shunt inserted into his head okay. to drain away hydrocephalus. Hydrocephalus? Yeah, hydrocephalus, which is water on the brain. Okay. So as a baby, he had water on the brain, so they put a shunt in so they, it could drain. What year is this? Like around, like, do you well, know? He's 44. Like... I'm pretty sure this is recent-ish. Okay. So, know. okay, got it. I didn't know if it was like, this was like... 1900 stuff or no 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 this is okay. this is like current like when me and you were kids but okay. maybe a little earlier than that because he's 44 we aren't we aren't in our 40s yet uh okay so he um he had that placed and i'm kind of like i i should have done more research on what that does because i'm like where did it drain to what right where does it go did it did it just have a tube to the outside world or, or it was it like draining in into it? Yeah, I don't like know. Like down his spine? I should have probably looked that up. I did not. I looked Please. up some other stuff about brains, so we'll then get you into got, that. Then you went down that rabbit hole. I went down a whole <laughs> rabbit hole. Um, so it stayed in him, though, until he was 14 years old. Wow. So The, he, the shunt. The shunt okay. for draining of the hydrocephalus, which is water on the brain. My computer's doing some weird stuff. Is Kim's place haunted? Ooh. Oh my God, stop. Stop haunting my computer. Oh my God, I don't even know what's happening. I cannot scroll, Kenny. 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 Edit this out. Don't. I don't know how to help you. <laughs> should have printed it off. Should we should we take a quick pause? Nope, figure it out? It. You I figured it, it out? I got it. I okay. got it. I got it. Okay. So now that I'm back. Uh he had ever removed. Yeah, he had it removed when he was 14. So he lived a pretty normal life. Now he's 44. He's having some weakness and the old left leg comes in. Um, so they did a scan of his head to see like if something was wrong with like, because usually if there's weakness, it's, it could be like something is not triggering right neurologically. Yeah. So they did a scan <clears throat> and they found a huge fluid filled chamber, Oh, uh, which we have in our brain. You have fluid in your brain. Right. How but works. not a chamber. Um, so the ventricles that we have are small and I think they help keep things lubed up and like things moving in there. I don't okay. know. I don't have to know. I'm not a doctor. Um, but his ventricle took up most of the room in his skull, leaving no more than a thin sheet of actual brain tissue. Oh my God. I have a picture. I will show it to you in a little bit. I want to see it. Um, 
Oh my God, my computer's doing such weird stuff. Okay. The doctor, Dr. Foyette, Lionel Foyette, said, it's hard for me to say exactly what percentage of reduction of the brain is since we did not use software to measure its volume. But visually, it is more than 50 to 75% reduction. What? So did it just not grow after the... Well, I think what happened when the shunt came out is that fluid kept building up and uh-huh. it was like killing off parts of his brain. Is And I don't mean to be insensitive, but is he... Um mentally challenged or anything like that his iq is 75 which is is below that is below normal normal is 100 but it's not considered mentally disabled okay so he is not the sharpest tool in the shed but he's also but he can function in society yeah Yeah. he's like a totally normal dude yeah so um let's see he had a CT scan, which was the initial thing. Then he had an MRI. And just so you guys know, I never knew what those stood for. So I'm just going to tell you because I'm excited that I know. Computed tomography is CT scan. Okay. And the magnetic resonance imaging is an MRI. Did not know that. You're all welcome. And am I right in saying that a CT scan only looks at your bones and an MRI looks at your tissue? I believe so. Okay. So it's just like a different viewpoint. Different ways to look at it. Yeah. Okay. Um, so again, his IQ is 75, so it's below normal, but it's not like he's hindered in any way, shape, or form. Uh, and the doctor, Foyette, I just like saying his name because it's pretty. Um, he said the whole brain was reduced. Frontal, wow. parietal, temporal, and occipital lobes all shrunk or missing. Shrunk or missing. Wow. Uh, he said these regions are what control motion, sensibility, language, vision, audition, I'm like, what? For a show? For what? <laughs> and emotional and cognitive functions. So like the stuff that's like missing in his brain does a lot of still, stuff. And he's still functioning with all of these things. So mm-hmm. how is that possible? Well, uh, it's the findings of this revealed that the brain is very plastic. That's the term they use. So if the brain gets damaged um, in one section, mm-hmm. another section of the brain can usually pick up where that's that work oh okay so parts of your brain are now doing double time or triple time what they had to do before so as parts of his brain died off because of this fluid buildup Mm -hmm. uh, other parts of his brain would like take that on wow and i'm just amazed because with that little of brain tissue left like what what and for him to have an iq of 75 with this little brain tissue he if he had full brain tissue He'd be really, really like up there, you'd think, right? Because if everything's working overtime to overcompensate. Yeah. So um, there was a doctor from the U.S. uh, Let's see. His name was Max Monkey. (laughs) M-U-E-N-K-E. Moink. Sure. Moinky. (laughs) Moinky. Max (laughs) Moinky. So he said if something happens very slowly over quite some time, maybe over decades, the different parts of the brain take up functions that would normally be done by the part that is damaged. Hmm. So I found that very interesting, especially since like he doesn't have hardly any of his brain left. Yeah. And I don't know what's going to happen. They didn't really get into this. Like, is it going to keep shrinking or do they have to right. put another shunt in? Or like, how do they stop the progression? Because eventually it's his brain go. will go away. Yeah. If they don't fix it. Well, clearly it's affecting him if he's having leg pain. So something's yeah, so something, happening. Something has finally, but yeah. The fact that it got 50 to 75% of his brain is just gone before something, before his body was like, hey, 
Something's wrong. <laughs> my You're legs 44. feeling weak. Something's wrong. Something's wrong in here. Like, oh my God, what? Um, so then I, I started thinking, well, isn't, like, I'm sure you've heard this before. Don't people just use 10% of their brain anyway? Have you heard that oh, before? Oh, yeah, I have heard that. So, okay. Well, so I looked at an article on Scientific American, which I used to love reading when I was a kid because apparently I was a big nerd. Um, so the 10% myth, like the fact, or the, the myth that people use 10% of the brain is that. It's a myth. Um, oh, it is. In fact, there's a neurologist, Barry Gordon, um, from John Hopkins School of Medicine, who said that it's almost laughable that people believe it. So, Sorry, Jerry. Don't laugh at me. I mean, damn, Jerry. Getting aggressive. Uh, so there isn't really someone to pin the blame on when it comes to, like, that who stat. came up with this. Okay. Um, but he said... Um, who said this? William James, who argued... Um, in the energies of men, that we are making use of only a small part of our possible mental and physical resources could be part of what led to this belief. Also, Albert Einstein supposedly used this idea or this theory to explain how he was so flippin' smart. Do you think it's that thing where we like to think that we only use 10% because we want to think that we're a lot smarter and more capable of what we... You're so funny because that's the next whole part is that... People like to uh, believe in this fact because if they have shortcomings, uh-huh. um, that they can kind of say, oh, it's because we only use 10% of our brain and I can't tap into that other mm-hmm. 90%. So shortcomings, um, it's more like a confidence booster. Like, hey, I only use 10% of my brain. If I used all of it, I'd be a fucking genius. Right. So um, it turns out we use almost every part of our brain every Damn, day. there's no hope. <laughs> this, guys, this is as good as it's going to get for me. Sorry. They did say when you're sleeping, you may only be using a small portion, but um, it's interesting parts of your brain that you're, that you're using when you're sleeping can be um, some of the more uh, complex parts of your brain, mm-hmm. like um, in the frontal lobe. Um, so anyway, the brain represents 3% of the body's weight and it uses 20% of your body's energy. So there's no way it's only using 10% of wow. itself. I didn't know that either. <laughs> um Oh, God. I almost did it again. I am so tired all the time. It's um, 20% of my energy. Exactly. I think I'm going to blame my brain for my tiredness. <laughs> um, so evidence would show that over the day, you do use 100% of your brain. Um, and they gave the example of pouring coffee in the morning. If you think about it, you walk up to the coffee pot, you reach for it, you pour it, you leave room for cream. Everything that you're doing takes some sort of brain function. Um, and that's just one task that you're doing. So he said it's basically like a lightning storm of neurons in your brain. Um, the other reason that some people think this 10% thing may have come about is because you only have, hold on, I got to get to the stat. Okay. Your brain is made up of cells, Mm -hmm. just like we are. Only 10% of your brain is neurons. The other 90% are glial cells. Oh. Do I know what a glial cell is? I bet Absol- you do. Absolutely not. Did you Google it? No, I fucking oh. did not. But only 10% <laughs> are neurons, cell, which whatever. are like the firing parts that like yeah. make things happen. So that's probably where it came so from. So that's probably too. where it came from. So yes, only 10% are the neurons that are firing, but 90% are the glial cells, which I'm sure do something. They've got well, to. Well, there 90% of them Fuck. in there. Um, so it's a total myth that you only use 10% of your brain. Unfortunately for this 44-year-old guy... He may only have 10% of it left in the near future. I don't know. But he seems to be doing fine other than the leg weakness. And I'm glad that he had that. So at least doctors could get in on this. So they haven't done anything yet. They haven't Not that I'm aware of. Okay. 
So I, I will try and follow up with the story, but wow. um, just really interesting ridiculousness. That's crazy. Yeah. So he survives. And he brain probably facts. will survive. I yeah. know. So many brain facts. And I just, I thought this was so, I actually was listening to Wine and Crime and they kind of breezed over this mm-hmm. in like, you know, their opening dialogue. And I was like, now what was that? What? Someone's Who? living without most of their brain? Something I need to look at that. in their brain? <laughs> so that's what got me interested in, in looking it up. So have you guys ever taken an IQ test? No. I haven't either. I took an online one one time. Yeah. Was, I don't know how accurate they are, though. Yeah. What was yours? Do what you, you remember? Get, Kenny? Like 60. 139, <sighs> I think. Oh, that's good. 140 is like really good, right? I have no idea what the scale is. I, I know like hundreds I'd be afraid average. to take one because... Um, I'm not good at tests, and I feel like it's... I'm awful at tests, so I just feel like I would bomb It's a it. lot of um, analytical thinking, Great. I guess, like puzzles, like try to trick you up. Hmm. This hmm. sounds terrible. Sounds, I we're not going to do it. I did shitty on the SAT. I did... Oh, me too. I did okay-ish on the ACT. Wait, which one's the in-state one? The ACT? I don't remember. The ACT has science on it. The SAT is just math and English. I did the SAT, and I the first time I did it, I didn't bring a calculator. So that was fun for you. Because I was like, I can do this. <laughs> I love that you didn't bring a calculator. I can't. That's the well, best I also was heard. partying the night before in, in high oh, school. Like, were... I thought I was too cool for school. Okay. Like, I was like, I am smart. I can I do this. I was a super nerd in high school, so mm-hmm. I... Even though I sucked at standardized tests. But yeah. Whatever. I mean, I thought it would be hard, but I didn't realize it'd be that hard. So I had to retake it because I was going to retake it, but I did so shitty on it. I was like, what's the point? You went to Miami, guys. I took, Don't let Jenny fool I you. I took She's the smart. ACT twice, got the same exact score. Oh. So after that, I was like, forget it. I mean, this is I my score. I went to Kent State, so. Sweet. Can't read, can't write. Kent, Kent State. State. Damn straight. Kent State. So cute. That's good. I like it. <laughs> Your story, not not the can't read okay. Kent State. Yes, so this guy with no brain is living. So to be continued. Congrats on him. Congrats to you. Way to go, buddy. God. All right, that was good. Thanks. Well, mine is on. Um, mine is a survival story of Christina Starbeck. We and like that name. Yeah, she was the first female agent uh, of the British to serve in the field for um, espionage. Mm-hmm. And she was also the longest serving of all Britain's wartime women agents oh, of that okay. time. And she has been credited with influencing the organization's decision to recruit more women. Mm-hmm. So she was a badass. Um, she's often characterized in terms such as Britain's most glamorous spy. Ooh. <laughs> and it has been said that... Um, Ian Fleming, which I didn't know who this was, but he wrote the first James Bond book novel. Actually based uh, Casino Royale in 1953. He based the main Bond girl, uh, Vesper Lind, on her. He based that character off of her. So, And there is multiple stories that show that her and um, Ian, or Ian, Ian or Ian, I don't know. I don't know. um, Had met multiple times so it is people do think there is truth that he like based this character off of her so anyway let's talk about her did they date at all there's rumors that they had a little affair like Mm. a love affair fling Mm. Mm -mm -mm. but not like anything serious okay so she was actually born a member of the polish aristocracy aristocracy thank you you're welcome 75 (laughs) percent um she became one of britain's most 
secret agents, like I said, during the Second World War. She was born um, in Warsaw in 1908. She was charismatic and extremely talented. She might have been expected to take up her place um, in her high society uh, family because of her education and her parents' positions, um, but her father actually lost all their money oh. in um, 1930 and left them in near poverty. Oh. So they had to start all over again. Did it say how, they, how he lost the money? Um, he di- It did in Wikipedia, but I kind of glazed over that oh. part. I'm sure it's like horse racing or something like that. Okay. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Let's just pretend that's what it is. So um, I lost it on the tracks. After a brief and unsuccessful marriage Sorry. in her teens, she took up a secretarial role at the Fiat car dealership. Um, over in Europe. Do you know what's so crazy is like mm. to Americans, fiat is kind of a new thing. And it's been around forever. Yes. Okay. I mean, clearly this is like 1940 something. Right. Um, but the fumes from the dealership seriously affected her health. And what caused, kind of dealership? Right. I know. Caused <laughs> scarring on her lungs. And mm-hmm. at first she thought she... Um, had tuberculosis because this is what her dad ended up dying from and there was like shadow and scars on her lungs but it was really from the fumes from the car dealership which again Mm. what kind of car dealership was this I don't know are we like Um, turning on the cars in the showroom who knows stop it so she left her job um, after the doctor had told her that it's not good for her health and she should you know take up another career or whatever so she spent a lot of time skiing in the clean air of the um, Tatra Mountains don't know where that is but okay Um, I bet it's in Europe. It was on the slopes where she met her second husband. He was a diplomat. Who was the first husband? Um, Remember, she was a teen, and it ended very quickly. She got married in her teens, and it didn't last very long. Mm. That's what happens when you get married as a teenager. I know. Don't do it, guys. Listen. (laughs) Stay single. So this is her second marriage. She met him on the slopes. It said that he was a very tall, burly man. Mm. Um, In one of the articles I I read. (laughs) And... um, Let's see. So he was, I don't know if he was from Africa, but he almost said Akron. (laughs) Not Akron, Ohio, Africa. I don't know if he was from Africa or if he just loved to tour Africa, but they got married. He was a diplomat and then he got stationed back in Africa. So they moved to Africa um, in 1938. Mm -hmm. And let's see. So in September 1939, a year later, this is when Hitler invaded Poland, Mm. causing Britain to declare war on Germany. And she and her husband immediately traveled to London, where she was determined to volunteer for her services to fight against the Nazis. Can we pause for one second? Yeah, so I can take a sip of this lovely beer. Do you guys think that it is at all odd when, when you say things like, oh, we're in Africa and we just real quick have to travel to London. To London. Like, they didn't have commercial planes. They took a boat. Like, what and the then f- they took... What, how the fuck long did that take? I Come mean, on. the north part of Africa is not that far from England. It's still probably going to take a hot minute. It's going to... Yeah, you've got the Mediterranean. Like two or three days. Listen, that's too long. That is like, too long. If, I think like the take... north part of Africa? I'm aware of where the north part of Africa is. I feel like it wouldn't take too long. I feel like two or three days to get from one place to another seems insane. Because they didn't have... That's fair. Com- like you said, they didn't have commercial airliners. Or maybe no. they did, if you were mm-hmm. rich. Mm-mm. What year? 1939? No. No. I mean, they had bombers. Maybe like mm. private planes. Yeah. Maybe he was wealthy, though. I don't know. I don't know. All right. I just... Sorry. Every time we talk about like old-timey travel, I'm like... And it's like... It makes it sound like they just like picked up and left. Yeah. And in my head, I'm like, God, that probably sucked so bad. They were on that ship and like with the rats and the... And the stinkiness and... Oh, God. Yeah. 
Well, maybe it was like a luxury ship, like the Titanic. Well, that, but didn't sink. However, okay. they got there. They got there, mm. and she wanted to fight against the Nazis. She was pissed, as you should. So, within days of arriving, she had introduced herself to MI6, which is the intelligence service, yes, of the government of the United Kingdom, mm. and she greatly impressed the officers. Was she like gorgeous? She was beautiful. Okay, yeah. she was a little stud muffin. Okay, um, a muffinette. So. <laughs> She, after that, she soon became part of the SEO or at, sorry, SOE. She was part of the search engine optimization. (laughs) She's part of Google, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Sorry, that's an insider joke. I can't breathe. Okay. Okay. I'm good. Um... (laughs) She became Google certified in SEM and SEO. Okay. Um, so she became a part of SOE, which is the special operations executive. (laughs) And that's a second organization that was formed during the war to conduct espionage and sabotage sabotage and basically search engine engine marketing way before Google existed. Cool. Um, so embarking on her first mission in December of 1939, Mm. she flew to Budapest. She flew. Okay. All right. To establish her cover, she was a journalist. So she was pretending oh, to be a journalist. Uh-huh. Did she have she, okay, she had a pen a pen and a piece of paper? I'm sure she like did. one of those pads. Yeah. And she flipped it like Columbo. She flipped it over. She flipped it from the top. Yeah. Um, she skied across the Carpathian Mountains. So they stretch into Russia. I did this, actually look that up. This sounds real aggressive. She just, but okay. She just like lightly skied across this like trenchers mountain range sure and in one article i read it did say that the russian ski team the olympic ski Wait. team helped aid her to get across the mountains there was a russian ski team can you look that up because it was on wikipedia or one of the articles <laughs> i don't think that's what he was about to do but he's it's like fine. yeah i'm gonna fact what, check what your was ass. the lady's name again her name is christina let me spell for you though k-r-y-s-t-y-n-a oh, yeah i started that wrong yeah. k-r-y-s-t-y-n-a y and it's Hutcherson. Scarbeck. No, Scar- yeah. Okay. I'll let okay. you know if it was a Russian ski team. Okay. Did you it know was that sometime were... Olympic it was some Olympic ski team that helped a sister? There were German ski Nazis? Yes. Remember? That was in one of my stories. This is yeah, I feel like we've covered a lot of German stories because there's a lot of good survival stories in yeah. it. But um so ba 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 Okay, so this is a treacherous journey deep in the snow and freezing temperatures into Nazi-occupied Poland. Mm. Um, there she helped establish a system of couriers supplying funds and propaganda to the Polish resistance. Polish Olympic ski. Oh, close enough. I think the Russians were on the side of the Germans, weren't they? Not yet. Oh, okay. So at this point, and I only know this because of what's coming up next, they hadn't invaded Russia yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so was it the Olympic ski team? Or did I make that up? Just one skier. Ah, skier. Ah, skier. But she was described as an expert skier in her Wikipedia page. Well, she did. Remember, she quit the Fiat right. dealership. So and that she could ski her so life away. So she could away. ski her life away in those fluffy mountains. Okay. So she played a big role in setting up a system in Poland to help high-risk refugees get out of there and also you know, fund certain propaganda um, campaigns and stuff like that. She also smuggled valuable intelligence out of Poland and gathered crucial information on transportation links between Romania and Germany. And on one occasion, she skied 
again out of out of Poland with a vital piece of microfilm and microfiche on this microfiche it was detailing the Nazis preparation for Operation Barabosa sure Sure. Um, and basically what our Operation Barabosa was is the proposed invasion of the Soviet Union Mm. so she tucked all this microfilm in her clothes and just briskly skied out of there and then shared all this information. Her legs must have been killer. She must have had the, an amazing butt and amazing thighs. As my grandma used to say, those are some nice gams. Gam. Gammies. <laughs> um, in fact, this mission was so daring and was so important to the efforts that Winston Churchill dubbed her as his favorite spy. Well, I mean, she's a woman who's gorgeous and skis everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, she's amazing. Uh, exactly. So, fast forward. Kenny, are you fact-checking my whole story? No, I'm just reading more okay. about her. <laughs> now he's just been sucked into the rabbit hole. It's a good story. So, in January 1941, she was captured and interrogated by the Gestapo, and she was determined to escape. So, she bit her tongue. <gasps> the tip of her tongue off. Oh! I don't know if it was off. I added that. But she bit her tongue really bad. Wild and speculation. I'm going to just assume that it, she bit the tip off. Which sounds better. So, and she told her, she told the Gestapo that it was from her um, TB, that she had tuber- tuberculosis. Mm. And it was a side effect from it. And fearing, um, the prison doctor actually sent her for an x-ray, which she knew they would do. Mm-hmm. And she knew they would see the scarring on her lungs and would believe her that she had tuber- tuberculosis. So mm-hmm. they insisted that she leave immediately. Of course. No one wants so to So she that. got out, which she obviously doesn't have tuberculosis. Right, exactly. Thank you, Fiat. Now she goes from skiing yeah. to parachuting in 1944. She parachutes into France. To is join. she wearing her pants during this? Because I'm concerned for her. I think she is. And <clears throat> she's just such a badass. So she parachutes into France to join her SEM team, her search engine marketing <laughs> team, preparing for the uh, liberation forces. But not only did she establish the first contact be- between the French resilience and the Italians, um, she also single-handedly in this mission performed one of her most audacious feats. <gasps> where she learned that her SEM or SEO commander, Francis, had been captured by the Nazis, and together with two other agents, they were awaiting execution. She marched straight into the captor's camp, telling them that she was a British agent and and the niece of a very high-up general, and she managed to convince them that the Allied invasion was only two hours away, and she basically told them like all these terrifying tales of how they were going to execute them, and they would pay for this if they killed them, and through her story, she managed to convince them to let all three men go. Um, she was just a talker. She could just, she I wasn't mean, afraid. I know you said she was charismatic. She so. was beautiful. She could talk the talk. She could parachute the parachute. I'm just like, what kind of hair did she have? Because, sh- sh- because here's the thing. Here's the thing. Like, she's obviously running around God's green earth, skiing and parachuting. Yeah. Like, she must have had gorgeous hair. Because, she did. I mean, part of the reason I cut all my hair off is because I don't want to deal with it. Because mm-hmm. it's not, it's not tameable. She had great hair. I bet. For the 40s. I mean, I just think about, like, the fact that people back then had to, like, oh, Let me yes. See she's yeah, she's but adorable. Like, did she bring her rollers with her? Like, how did she achieve these looks? She's, anyway. like, parachuting, rolling her hot rollers in. Mm. Um, okay, so, da, 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 da. Hold on, I just, now my thing's, Okay. 
Her breathtaking wartime achievements were recognized with the um, British people and all those people and um, all those Brits, all those Brits. And she received a bunch of awards from the French government as well. Shamefully, once the war ended, she was dismissed because the war was over with only a month's salary. So they basically cut off her salary because they told her that her citizenship she didn't really have a citizenship because she bounced around so much because she was a spy for so long and they couldn't super rude. Yeah. So they couldn't pay her essentially. And, um, she couldn't return to Poland because now it was under the Soviet control because, you know, they Mm -hmm. took over Poland. Mm -hmm. Um, eventually over time, she finally managed to get the British government to give her citizenship. What happened to her husband during all this? She got divorced again. Oh, okay. She had several love affairs throughout this. As she should. I mean, she's like jet setting across the country. She was for, okay, so after the war ended, she kind of lost her place in life because she was an an adrenaline junkie and um, she ended up being penniless. That's kind of a sad ending. She ended up losing, you know, she didn't have a job. The government was giving her slack. They weren't paying her. Mm -hmm. Um, And she was forced to take a job as a cleaner on a cruise liner where um, this is when her marriage ended. And um, she formed a, a friendship with her coworker on the cruise liner. His name was Dennis. And he became obsessed with her. Uh-oh. And stalked her. Uh-oh. And I know this is Survivor Pete, but... And she's a survivor through through all of this, which is why through I covered it. Through all the espionage it. and yeah. amazingness. Which is why I covered it. But however, Dennis followed her to her London apartment one night in 1952, and he murdered her. Oh, my God, Dennis. Yeah. Way to kill a legend. Stabbed her. Yeah, he stabbed her in the chest. That is not nice. No, it's not. I don't like Dennis. Um, And actually, he stabbed her in the lobby of the... (gasps) It says the lobby of the cheap hotel, which, come on. Why do you got to also knock her residence? Yeah, I mean, really. Um, It was a tragic life with such an extraordinary achievement, adventure, and bravery. And after she died, um, a bunch of her former colleagues and people that she had saved throughout the years... There were a couple books that were going to be released about her because she was known as, she was kind of like the vixen where like she had a lot of love affairs and it wasn't, as a woman to do that back in the day, people were going to write like not so great things about her. So these three guys banded together and they actually somehow paid these other people off to not let these books come out. And so her name wouldn't be tarnished and they, you know, took care of her name after the fact. So that is the story of Christina Starkbeck. Oh my god, I love her. My favorite part about this Wikipedia thing was <laughs> it's so long. Oh yeah, oh. <laughs> but uh, when she died, the register office, uh, her age was given at thirty-seven because at some point in her life she shaved seven years off her uh-huh. real age. They really don't know. They really don't know how old she <laughs> is. They think she was forty-four, but when she died, they thought she was oh my thirty-seven. God. She was forty-four. My brain guy also forty-four on the same page. Oh my god, you guys! It's like we have ESPN. Yeah, she's really just an amazing woman. So there, we'll post wow. that. Wow, I love it. Um, Kenny, do you have anything weird you want to tell us? I do. <laughs> what are you just? Like, I do. What if you just? You just told us some real shitty weird. What if he's like, like, I peed like, my pants? <laughs> um. A guy just registered what as a service animal? Mm. An iguana. A porcupine. Beer. No, he that's registered not a, beer is not an animal. Beer. As nope. And he was declined, right? 
Uh, no, it passed. He got it. Oh, is it because of the yeast? What's ha- I don't understand how it's an animal. For those want this is part of the article. For those wondering how the hell it is possible to register beer as a service animal, and even if it is legal, well, sort of is because of some weird loophole in the American with Disabilities Act. I'm ready. Close it. According to the the act, a service animal is a dog or tiny horse trained to perform tasks for people with disabilities. Timmy. However, that's not the same thing as an emotional support animal, which is what Hayes registered his beer as. Emotional support animals help someone's state of mind and isn't included under Americans with Disability Act, which means there's plenty of flexibility as to what counts as a service animal under the criteria. But beer is not an animal. Like... at the very bare object. minimum, yeah. shouldn't it have to be an animal? an animal? Kenny! I don't know. It says that it's Fix lack of column. legal like, merit in the Start a petition. work of it. Like, you could just do that. <sighs> I don't like that at all. I mean, I get where he's coming from. Like, beer helps me get through that, some stuff. But, but how does that benefit you? I mean, what, you can then take it into Home take, Depot with you? You can, like, drink it on a train, I guess. But uh, they think it's all a huge stunt. For like some guerrilla marketing, we're not 100 percent sure mm, yet. Okay. Um, speaking of guerrilla marketing, did you guys see that Mr. Peanut died? His wife died. No, he no. died. Mr. Oh, Peanut. I thought Mrs. Peanut died. No, it was no Mr. Mr. Peanut, Peanut trying to save others. 104. R.I.P. Yep. Rest in peace, Mr. Peanut. How did I read that wrong? I don't it's know. Probably and everyone's like jumping in on it, like yeah. Oreo and stuff. Yeah. It's a huge publicity stunt. Yeah, they're like, and they're going to reveal something in the Super Bowl, which will this will have been past the Super Bowl when this episode comes out. But mm, No, this, this comes out before the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. I keep getting my weekends mixed up. I'm Next like a disaster. Um, so I guess watch the Super Bowl if you want to see what happens to Mr. Peanut. Yeah. I mean, it's all over Twitter, too. I mean, some they're people- promoting the hell out of the <laughs> tweet saying like, R.I.P. Mr. Peanut. Of course. Hmm. It's insane. And one more thing before we go. Did you also hear it was so cold in Florida that iguanas were falling out of trees? No. And people are selling iguana meat right now. Ew. Here's the thing. Some people are saving the iguanas. Some people are selling iguana meat. Why? Here's the thing. If they fall out of the tree because of the cold, they're not dead. They're just sleeping. They're very cold. Yeah, they're Yeah, they just like they can't grab onto the branch yeah. anymore because it's so cold. Yeah, so they so fall out of the tree. Them. So don't sell the meat. They're not dead. You freaks. Yeah. Pick some, them up and hold them. Some and people warm are them up. warming them up in their cars. Some people oh. are eating them. Gross. Yeah. I am not a lizard person, but I, I still would not eat a fallen iguana. I had a, uh, um, multiple lizards growing up. Did you? And I That's think they're cute. great. My next door neighbor had a giant lizard. So cool. Growing. It was yeah, like. I'd be into that. Its tail was like three and a half feet long. Mm-hmm. It was crazy. Mine like a corner of his house was just for his the lizard. lizard. I think its name was Clyde and Clyde. Clyde and Clyde. Hmm. (laughs) I love it. I'm sorry. I I don't know why these random facts just came to me, but... Jenny was reading the news lately. Apparently I was. And when I say reading the news, I mean scrolling through my social feed, reading things. Exactly. (laughs) Um, Anyway, this has been Sip, Survive, Repeat. Thanks for listening. We will see you guys next week. And I'm going to end it with, uh, hey, we'll see you next Tuesday. Bye, Bye, guys. Hey guys, it's Jenny from Sip, Survive, Repeat, and we love our listeners, but we want to get some more ratings and reviews. So if you guys could log on to Apple Podcasts and then give us a rating and a review, we'll send you 
a sticker. All you need to do is send us a screenshot of your rating and your review to either our email, sipsurviverepeat at gmail.com, or direct message us, or DM us as the kids like to say, on any social media. So all you have to do again is rate and review on Apple Podcasts and take a screenshot of that and send it to us at one of the channels I just mentioned. And we'll send you a Sip, Survive, Repeat sticker. And it's big, you guys. Size of your hand at least. So again, send it to us and we'll see you soon.